that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of the Race Hour podcast in association with bookmakers.com and kindly sponsored by the tote.co.uk, home of the million pound play spot every day of the Cheltenham Festival, so lots of value there. For those getting involved, as you'll already be aware, I'm Darren Hughes, filling in temporarily for, for Dean Ryan. And as ever, I'm joined with, as always, uh, Mr. Jeremy Nolan. How, how's things in your end, Dermot? All good, Darren, all good. Building up now towards Cheltenham, can't wait, so... Um... All good, buddy. Yeah, listen, it's crept up a little bit this year, but uh, it's finally starting to get a little bit of excitement. Uh, I'm also joined by French racing expert and basically all around Trudy, Gary Connolly, who's uh, gracing us with his presence today. How's all on your end, Gary? All good, lads, all good. Yeah, just count down to the festival. I can almost taste my first point again. It's at 10.30 on Tuesday next, so yeah, <laughs> can't wait. Yeah, make sure you bring your wallet if you're heading over. I'll write £7.50 a pop, you'd want it. Uh, and lastly, but most certainly not least, I'm joined by Race Hour regular and proudly dour Limerick man. He's also top class, George Key and Kirby. As for Gil. All good, thanks, Darren. Yeah, just um, less than a week to go now, so looking forward to the action getting underway. Yeah, 100%. And look, lads, pleasantries over. We'll kick straight into it. Uh, this time next week, we'll be putting the bunting up for the Jerry Kalam celebration party. But today's focus is on three days three and four of the festival. And we'll be starting with the opening salvo on day three, which is the Turner's Novice Chase. Kind of the ugly little brother to the Arkle and to the Brown Advisory. But this market is headed by Mighty Potter at the moment. General 5-4, to 11-8 to eight in the place. And he's been pretty impressive thus far, uh, if you'll excuse the pun. Um, obviously, Cheltenham last year didn't really work out for him, but some valid excuses in place. Derm, I know you've been a fan of this horse for a while, so I'm going to start with you. What do you make of his claims, or is there another one in the race to focus on? No, no, I think he wins. Um, I just really impressed him all season. He, he kind of hit a few wrong in at uh, at Fairy House and the Drinmore, and he was still far too good. He bound away from them there. And then he went on afterwards back to the DRF, and he was just fantastic there. He was just brilliant. See, he, was, he was nearly foot perfect. He had the whole field trouble the whole way and he was just genuine after the last because Brian Hayes the bookmakers.com columnist he'd given adamantly chosen a peach of a ride and sometimes sometimes you can steal a race like that you know Mighty Potter had had kind of fought off the other challengers and then one came last that's that's when you can steal a race but all Brian Hayes said was that he he went from thinking god I can win this to literally in about two strides it was over again and Mighty Potter just bound clear again he's got the speed for two miles as he showed last season, he has stamina and he has stamina as well. So he's able to easily go up and trip. He's a dream horse for this trip. Um, he's a horse for a gold cup in time. I don't see him beaten as much as Bambridge is a very good horse. He rather picked up the pieces that day when appreciated. Um, and Dyson Dynamo died a death after really committing to a very strong pace. He's a very good horse, but as I said at the race, our preview night this year, I think, uh, and he mighty Potter wins. And then I think, adamantly chosen and hopefully Brian Hayes might get to keep the ride and um, he'll come through for second so I'll be back in that uh, on the old tote exactly there Brian or uh, Darren sorry no worries I've been called an awful lot worse uh, Gary I'll go to you next it looks to be a fair Irish stranglehold in this race Straight Star and Balco Coastal are available at bigger prices but both would look held I would say on all available form uh, what are your thoughts on the race 
Um, yeah, like just following what Demo said, Mighty Potter. Um, he looks very tough to be here. Probably one of the more solid bets of the week. Um, definition of a Gold Cup horse probably for next season, but price is everything, I suppose. Um, eleven to eight might appeal to to some. Um, I think I think he'll take all the beating. Um, one I'd probably put up against him. I wouldn't write off the English. As quick, I think Balco Coastal um, will definitely be in the shake-up. Um, whether he can beat Mighty Potter, I don't know. Uh, but he can definitely get a place. Um, he's beaten a solo earlier on in the season, reads well. And I really liked his run against uh, Jerry Kalam last time at Sandown. Uh, probably kicked a bit too early off the bend and then just allowed Jerry Kalam just to, just to outstay him, really. So uh, they hold on a bit more to him um, and... Like he's got to be made plenty of use of up front, but if they don't commit for home as soon as, soon as they did last time in Sandown, I think he has a first chance of um, running into places, but mighty par, tough to be for me. Yeah, it's a horse I've liked, Banco Coso. He, uh, I think he still has the track record for a bumper on the Campton All-Weather track. He uh, absolutely obliterated them that day. Uh, and he's been a horse that's been on my radar since then, so that'll show you how much of a time nerd I am. Anyway, Kian, we'll move to you. Uh, do you have a t- any strong opinions on this race? Obviously, the lads have kind of gone through it in fair detail at this point. Yeah, I would be a, um, a massive Mighty Potter fan now, in fairness. I think he's running the, the Drinmore Ferry House was probably the best um, novice chase performance of the season. But I think just going back to the festival last year, I think watching back that run, I think he just, at the prices, you know, you have to take him on. I mean, um, he was acting up before the race and he, he, he never didn't go a yard. And I think at the price, he's around 11 to 8. I think you kind of have to take him on just on the back of that. And I'm going to give another chance to appreciate it. I think... He was late on the chase and obviously he was injured running the champion hurdle last season. Um, won two week affairs and his first two races and then running the Arkle at Leopardstown. I think um, Paul Townend did pick him that day over El Fabiolo and Dicer Dynamo, which does say a lot. Um, they're two obviously high class horses and the fact he picked him, he went off, I think, 11 day favourite to beat those two that day. Um, I think the step up to two and a half miles is ideal for him. I still think there's a good horse in him. Um, he's run at the festival twice. One, uh, he was poor in the champion, but he bolted up in the supreme and was placed in the bumper. I think at around five to one. I think he's a good each way bet to take on Mighty Potter, but um, I do think Mighty Potter will be tough to beat. Yeah, yeah, very reasonable. I suppose they're kind of. I won't say they're entering last chance to would appreciate it, but he is nine, and if there, if there is a good horse in him, he kind of starts to. He, he'd need to start making it very apparent at this point. Uh, we'll move on, lads, to Ryanair, uh, another ugly little brother, and this this time maybe in comparison to the Champion Chase and the Gold Cup, but in fairness, has produced superstars in its own right, and despite the fact we're down one superstar this year in the shape of Alaho, we've potentially replaced him with another in Shishkin, who trades at a general shade of just about odds on. After his demolition job in the bet for Ascot Chase, um, is he back? Should he be odds on? Is this talk of a bounce nonsensical, given he went exactly 11 weeks? It's not like he was off for two years between the Tinga Creek and Ascot. Gary, I'll come to you first. What are your thoughts on the race in general? If you're probably basing on his last run, uh, he looks he looks easy to one to beat, but the price is very, very short, isn't it? Um, and you could probably leave him win off at that. Probably for this race, I'd place Lay Shishkin. Um, like if he's turning in and he looks in any sort of trouble, They'll pull him up straight away. Um, just So, like a place lay, he's either going to win or blow out, I think. Um, but, yeah, he wouldn't be for me at the price. I'm probably going to go with French Dynamite in this race. Probably not as classy as those above him in the market, but 
just really like the horse. He was unlucky earlier in the season in the Paddy Power chase over course and distance. And I really liked his run in the, the Savills there at Leopardstown at Christmas. Just travelled really well into it and just, just didn't stay. And no better man than Mouse Morris to ready one for a, a festival tilt. So he looks fairly priced. And with the doubts I have about Shishkin, um, he'll be the one for me. French Dynamite available at a general 14 to 1 with 16s in a place. So an interesting shout there uh, from Gary. French Dynamite has always threatened to have a big one in him and maybe it could be this particular race. Uh, Kian, I will come to you next on the Ryanair. You were taking on Mighty Potter at a sharp price in the first. Are you going to do the same here with Shishkin? Yeah, I'm going to be taking on Shishkin again. I mean, he was he was very good the last day, but I mean, his last three runs, he's had one good race. So I don't know, his odds on looks pretty short. It's, it's a weak race now, but... He was really good at Ascot. That race was, um, you know, three weeks ago. As Gary said, if there's any, if there's any like slight niggle that he's not going well, or you know, when the guns put his head, what what he really find? I'm not sure what I take. Um, eight to eleven, eight to eleven about him. You can, you can like you can even win at that price. To be honest with you, um, the one I'd be taking him on with is Blue Lord. Uh, I know he was disappointed in the last day against Gentleman's Amiga, but prior to that, he was um, he looked like a real proper champion chase contender. He's really good at Leopardstown over Christmas, beat Captain Guinness by 11 lengths. Um, has like bits and bobs in festival form, was placed in the Arkle uh, last year, only seven, seven lengths behind Edward Stone, and would have been second to appreciate it in the Supreme. So if Shishkin doesn't turn up, I think um, Blue Lord is a, is a decent uh, each-way alternative. Interesting. Yeah, it could be a race that really could be could set up for uh, the each way thieves amongst us. As in, I, I say they'll get they'll definitely hit the eight runners anyway, and they might hit a little bit more than that. A couple of rags in there might might make it a three place race uh, for each way punters. So we'll uh, wait with bated breath and see. But I, I wouldn't mind an each way angle into this. Dermo, I'll come to you last of all. Um, is Shishkin for you at this point at about eight to eleven? As Keen has pointed out, or, or are you a bit ambivalent? Uh, I'd say he wins. All right. If he turns up again, I think Keane's point about him, him him running one good race in three is very valid. Uh, he wins or he finishes last, really. That that is the way Shishkin tends tends to roll lately. But look at his best; he's by a mile clear of all these. So um, I can see why somebody would be, especially look the likes of um, Dean, our our fearless leader, is on at seven to one. So you know he's he's very happy. So Janadil is my angle into the race. Uh, uh, Darren, I prefer having an each way angle in now, so he'd be my each way angle in at fifteen to two or so. But uh, I can definitely see why Shishkin is favourite, and if he does turn up the way he did the last time, I'd say he'd be very hard to stop. Very fair point. Yeah, again with the each way angle into this race, which uh, it's kind of hard to argue with given the shape of it at the moment. Uh, we are going to move on now to the stairs hurdle. It's allegedly the championship race of the day. It's also probably one of the more competitive races of the entire meeting. Um, loads of angles we could discuss here. Is Charles up to his old tricks with his willy won't he routine of plays in Cal? It's home by the Lee, maybe the most obvious winner of the week, Sternus in the face. And Marie's Rock looks like she's going to defect here out of the mares. So that's a potential fly in the ointment as well. Kian, I'm going to come back to you on the stairs. Do you have a strong opinion at this stage? I think it's it's a it's a tough race to have a very strong opinion on. There's, it's it's wide open. Like, I mean the um the blazing Cal saga continues. Like Willie won't he run? I think I saw a picture on um Twitter the other day, but the, with the gash in his leg, it does look pretty bad. But he's drifting on exchanges. I mean, we won't really know will he run until he gets there. Like, so it's a tough race to assess. Maria's Rock, obviously, massive chance. I think T. Hoopoo, if the ground comes off soft, I mean, to be a serious gamble on him. I think he could go off favourite if the ground is soft. 
Um, I give the cleave hurdle um, winner a chance. Is it Tweed? What's it? Tweed? Gold Tweed. Gold, gold Tweed. Gold Tweed. Yeah, I give him a chance. I think he's possibly underrated. That was a savage performance on his um, first run in the UK. I think he's around um, four, 14 to 1. I think he could outrun those odds, and I think there could be a lot of improvement. But um, yeah, wide open race. Wouldn't have a strong opinion on it. Dermot, it's been a long time since the French have had any sort of influence on the uh, on the Cheltenham um, Cheltenham meeting. Maybe outside the, the breeding sheds, obviously a lot of French breads have won, but in terms of an actual French trained winner, it's been a while. Um, Gold tweets and someone I didn't mention in my sort of opening monologue in the race. Do you have any thoughts on that particular horse, or what's your angle into the stairs? Yeah, not not a whole pile on him. Um, has he been removed from this race today, owner? He doesn't seem to be there now, but um, no, he's sorry. He's still he's, he's still in the exchange back, and he's thirteen and a half. He's back. still no, yeah, no. He might not have been supplemented. Yeah, he still can be, but the or I don't know if he can after today. But anyway, um, on his thing, I t- I just found the trainer just saying afterwards that he didn't think he'd much of a chance, and he was going over to see for the future what the level was like. I just found all that very odd. I think the jockey it was one of the best rides you'll ever see, and I think the jockey rode him that day to. That you know, very free and easy, like you can do what you want here, and then he, he kind of picked up the pieces from Dashiell Drasher, who doesn't quite stay this trip. So it's a good performance, but not one that I'd be you know getting overly enthused about. Um, I I'm on Blazing Cal all season, so I'm in a funny enough position with this race. So I'm on Blazing Cal, love him um, on a bigger price, only about seven or eight to one, but I'm on at much much bigger prices, uh, twenty to one or so. I'm Marie's rock for this race. I've been calling for this horse to run in this race for quite a while. The rail keel hurdle backed up my my summation that Marie's rock was just the best stayer in the mare's hurdle last year. That's that's how she out outsaw everything. And I think she's just getting seven pounds from all these horses here. Blazing Cal could well bounce regardless of whether the cut is real or whatever else. Um, Teopu is a very good horse, but I don't like him on the ground. Home by the Lee, you'd be worried about the middle section of the race with him. Uh, Florian Porter hasn't shown enough this season, but at his best, obviously, could win this classical dream to me. Doesn't look an out now three miler, especially not here at Cheltenham. So yeah, I like I think Marie's Rock has so much on side, and the fact that Nicky Henderson, who wouldn't he, you know, he wouldn't be the the, the most risk um, the most pro risk trainer that there is to put it lightly. The fact that he's happy to roll the dice here and put Marie's Rock into the stairs hurdle to me backs up that she's obviously working the house down. A B, he thinks she's a stayer and if Nicky Henderson thinks that that's more than good enough for me 92 is a very big price here Darren Parr yeah fair point I'd say op- option C there is also I think he might think Epitant is an absolute mortal certainty in the mayor's hurdle and as well as theatre glory that he has but all of that uh, does add up to be fairly logically sound uh, we do actually have a French racing expert with us here in the shape of Gary Connolly who I have uh, forgotten to ask about gold tweets so Gary I'm going to ask you for your thoughts on this horse I did read he was described as not exactly a champion before he came over but uh, maybe he dispelled those thoughts with his victory in the Cleve Hurdle. Do you have any thoughts on this particular horse around the race in general? Yeah, he'd be useless. Um, there'd be about 20 better horses than him in France anyway, staying hordeless. Um, it just shows a state of British staying hordle division. He was able to win a uh, benefit from a great ride, as Dermo said, but can't have him in a million Sundays. Um, just keep this one simple. Blazing Cal, proper horse, proper stayer, proper bet. He wins if he turns up. Very, very strong words there. And it's good to have uh, someone who actually does specialise on the, the French angle uh, to speak on goal tweets. That's very interesting. There's one more conditions race here, lads, today. Uh, it's the Jack de Bromhead Mayor's Novices Hurdle, kindly named after um, 
Henry Brown has laid Sun Jack by uh, by, by Ryanair this year. Uh, is there a bit of a superstar here, maybe in the shape of Lucia? Should she be in the supreme? Um, I can obviously see Princess Zoe running pretty well here. I think, and you know, in in a in the most romantic sense possible, it'd be lovely to see Henry have the winner in the shape of his his horse, whose uh, name just escapes me at the minute. But uh, Dermot, I'm going to come back to you on this Sorry, magical Zoe. I beg your pardon, Dermot. I'm going to come back to you on this. Do you have any thoughts on the race? Um, it's a bit of a tepid affair, I would say. Yeah, Lucia could well just be an awful lot better than these, but it has to be remembered that like you know, Epiton got turned over in a race like this, and uh, this this will be something very foreign to Lucia a little bit as well. As much as she is going to be the absolute best of these by a mile, and wouldn't have been outplaced in something like a Supreme, but um, just from an each way point of view, I will be looking to take her on. Magical Zoe is the one that I'm looking to take her on uh, with that run at uh, Down Royal on the good ground. They put her away to keep keep her on on this ground and beat the likes. Of, of the model kingdom and everything else who ended up being second to in parent pass last time. And, um, you know, it, it's just decent form. 10 to one angle in here is very, very strong. And she was just excellent that day. She could, she came, came from well off the pace and just sped away from them. Could well be very, very well suited here. And she's, she's unbeaten as well. So we don't really have any notion how good she actually is, but she looked quite decent last time. And at those odds now, of 10 to 1 or so, she's a decent each way angle in there. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. Uh, again, it does look like a race that's maybe favourable to people looking for one at a bigger price. Gary, I'll come to you next on this. As I said, Dermo, bit of a lukewarm affair, but it's uh, maybe not, not the worst bet in heat of all time. Do you have any strong opinion on the race? Uh, I think you'll see it. Uh, be very hard to beat. She probably wouldn't be out of place in the Supreme. Um, can't have Astro Diamond. I think she's a pig. Um, once she comes under a bit of pressure, and yeah, Lucia, Lucia looks the classiest of them all. Her best long-term potential. I think she'll take all the beating. Uh, one at a price probably Jatara, uh, coming along steadily this season uh, from Har- Jessica Harrington Jard. Um, maybe an each way play, but Lucia, um, tough beat. Yeah, very fair. I think there's a, a general consensus this horse might be a little bit of a superstar. And as you say, she wouldn't look out of place in this year's Supreme, which I'm not convinced is the best race of all time. Uh, Kian, I'll come to you. Last of all, uh, the Mare's Novice Hurdle. Do you have an angle into this? Yeah, I think this is pretty straightforward. I think um, Lucia will win and she'll win well. I think anything around 7-4 um, to four is, a, is a great bet. I'd agree with Dermo that... Um, Magical Zoe probably is the each-way angle, and she's, she's never been beaten, so it's probably a fair show, but I think Lucia is just just a level above anything in this race, and um, yeah, she's a good bet. No, nice and uh, straightforward there, as ever, from Keen Kirby, keep it simple. Uh, look, there are three other races on day three of the Cheltenham Festival, the Pretems, the Plate, and the Kim Muir. Uh, instead of going through each race, maybe in detail, I might just ask you for a selection in each one, if you have one, if you don't, don't worry about it. I confess, like I, I don't even look at these until next time because I've just found it way too hard to get an edge on any price. Um, three or four days out, even the bookies are just a little bit too conservative in the handicaps these days. Uh, Gary, I'm going to come to you. Do you have anything for the other three races on day three? Uh, Pertemps, shoe first, really like him. Charles Bournes put away after scoring course and distance in October when he'd done loads wrong. Bottom's working out really well, um, so I like him. On Talir, running the same race as Tours, uh, he's a bit of a bigger price. I think he'll he'll run well as well. Uh, play handicap, so Scottish, 1-4-3, I think his mark is, looks a lot better than that. 
and should relish this step up and trip. I think he'll be tough B. And the Kim Muir, uh, Royal Teeth off for two years and came back with an easy win there at Punchestown in January. Once once the bounce factor doesn't come into play now, I think there should be a lot more to come from him and he should go well. Um, they'd be the three for me in the handicaps. Lovely, yeah. Two-month break, you tend to avoid the bounce once it's not within, I've always found within kind of five or six weeks. If you leave it a little bit longer than that, you can generally get away without the horse uh, bouncing like a bouncy thing. Uh, Dermot, I will come to you next uh, for the three handicap races on day three of the Chapman Festival. Yeah, of course, Darren. Uh, first of all, the Pretems, I, I kind of like walking on air for a long time. He was a real, he was developing into a bit of a cliff horse. Uh, but last time he got the job done and a mark of 138 definitely does not stop him. This was a horse that, like, Nicky Henderson was was quite happy to go for a Ballymore with at one point. Um, only he just didn't, he didn't make it on time and ended up flopping. Then at Aintree, it turned out they just had the wrong trip for him. So uh, he's definitely good enough there off that mark. In the plate, uh, I disagree with Darren, our I disagree with everyone. It seems I t- I don't I don't like this so Scottish at all. I I think he's a bit of a a yoke to be honest. Um, I really like Il Rodoto. That that trial that he's won has has married itself beautifully into this race a few times. Um, him and Fugitive should um I think would be fighting out to finish there again. And then in the old Kim Weir, um, I think Mister Incredible is is going to go very very close. Uh, this was a horse that again bookmakers that can't columnists. Uh, Brian Hayes ran uh, rode last time in the classic chase stayed on all day they've done real massive work with this horse because his his head was all over the place but um, the horse in fourth that they good upon Colanges has won since and I just think that was a, a proper performance to get second uh, Patrick Mullins will ride him you'd have to think and over that trip the way that he stayed on that day he'll he'll go very very close here and then he'll go very close in the Grand National as well so Mr. Incredible there Darren um, as well too Round off the day. Mr. Incredible from an incredible judge to round off the day. Uh, uh, Kian, I'm going to come to you last of all. Do you have anything for the three handicaps on day three? Yeah, I'd be a bit like yourself, Darren. I wouldn't really dig into the handicaps too much until the decks. But I just picked out um, one for each race. And the pretemps, I am willing to forgive Maxim his run at Leopardstown. Um, and he was massive gamble that day. He went off seven to four. I think if you forgive that run, he's a, he's a big price. Then in the plate, I like, that's all right, Gino. He keeps giving a shocking ride um, last time out. He's run around Cheltenham, and he was only beaten three lengths by stage there in a handicap here in January. That's very solid form. And then in the Kim Muir, I like the Ben Pauling train, the Knight in Lambourne. Um, hasn't been seen since November when he won at the Cheltenham November meeting. Um, he's been He's been kept fresh for this. Uh, beat punitive and Melina girl that day who bought one next time out. I think it's sixteen to one. He's been uh, this is this is the only entry he's been uh, he's been laid out for the race. So I think he's a good uh, each way bet at the odds. Happy days. That's three solid selections there from Key and Kirby. But um, hopefully we should have at least a couple of winners there from the lads across day three. We're going to take a very quick break here now, and straight after that we are going to dive right into day four of the Cheltenham Festival in including probably the main race of the week in the shape of the Gold Cup, so don't go away. You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing. 
Good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of the Race Hour podcast. In the first half of this week's episode, we flew through day three of the Cheltenham Festival with some cracking selections from the three lads on the panel, Dermo Nolan, Gary Connolly and Keen Kirby. In this half of the episode, we're going to fly through day four uh, with the Triumph, the Albert Bartlett, the Mare's Chase, the Gold Cup, of course, and then the County Hurdle, the Fox Hunters and the Martin Pike. But we're going to start... At the start, which I always find it's the best place to start, and that's the Triumph Hurdle. There's a fairly serious Irish stranglehold on this, and I think one of the key points of the race is can Lossie Mount turn the form on Gala Marceau from the Dublin Racing Festival, or is this even the key line of form? Um, you know, Blood Destiny is also in their second favourite, and there seems to be a bit of a debate as to who Paul Townend will ride. Dermo, I'm sure you have an opinion on this. Um, what are your thoughts on the Triumph Hurdle this year? There's been two horses at the previous nights at the William Mullins camp have really bigged up and it is Impaired Pass and Blood Destiny. Just uh, I've kind of scanned through a few of them now and David Casey, all of them, they just are. They're really bigging up Blood Destiny. They don't even, some of them don't even seem to think that it's much of a decision to make for Paul Townend, um, which I think it is. I think last time actually ran a great race last time. But uh, in all this discussion, I just think Gala Marceau is being left out of it far too readily uh, she pulled ahead off herself before taking advantage of Lucy Mouth's woes obviously but um, she, she she finished the race off brilliantly Lucy Mouth kind of didn't get to her quarters but wasn't a mile off her coming to the last and just wasn't then eating into it so I just think that the price is just a little bit too big down Gallimar so she'll only get bigger on the day because you'll have you know Danny on, Danny on let's say Danny Lucy Mouth Paul Blood Destiny if it goes the way I see it and then could be anyone, you know, you, you know, will he be, or it'd probably be actually, it'd be Rachel Blackmore, you think, because of the, the owner there. Um, but, like, Gallimar so just strikes me as one who Blood Destiny will do an awful lot of favours for her because Blood Destiny is going to go off so quick that she'll have to settle. And um, I think we could see an, a much more improved performance f- from her. She's really overlooked there. Interesting shout there. Yeah, you're, you're back, Gallimar so to uphold the Dublin Racing Festival Forum, which isn't the wildest shout of all time, but certainly does seem to be have been overlooked by the market just a touch. Gary, I'm going to come to you again. A heavy French influence on this race, uh, both the favourite and second favourite, obviously, began their careers um, across the pond a little bit. One thing that I find very surprising that nobody has discussed is the £7 weight that uh, Blood Destiny is going to have to give to the two fillies. We discussed this in every other championship race. It was a, a point of discussion every time Honeysuckle ran for the last three or four years. But I think people are seeming to forget, like, he, he might improve, but he still has to be able to give these two seven pounds. And I think that's a big ask myself. But I will defer to you on this, on this Gary, and get your thoughts, please. Yeah, it'll bring them closer together. But I, I just think out of Mullins, the top three, he's by far the best of the three of them. Um, he's just a solid horse. He goes about his business well. Um Lossy Milt, I don't know, like, it was a tough race she had the last time. Um, and I wasn't entirely convinced of a form up until then. Like, I'm not sure she'll reverse that form at Gallimar, so, but I think Blood Destiny is just better than the two of them. Um, of those bit, bit bigger prizes now, because this race can throw up a funny result. Bo Zenit, I wouldn't give up 100% on. Uh, he beat Blood Destiny in France. Um, I'd probably cross out his first run. There was, there was something wrong with the stable. All the horses ran like drains in around that time, and then he bounced back at Haydock last time. He still has to improve again, but like there's, there's a lot of scope for him. And another one from the Mullen stable, Zenta. I was impressed the way 
that one there um, the other week. But the one that came second behind the hypotenuse for uh, John McConnell, this wasn't far off listed class in France. And he ran, he ran, a, he ran a decent enough race on debut there. And like you're getting the 66 to one about on him, he could he could run well at a, at a, at a massive price. But blood destiny bows in it, and he hot news. They'd be the three against the field, the two with a bit of value. Interesting call. Uh, Gary, before we move on to Key and get his thoughts on this race, I'm going to ask you about another horse that you might have heard of. Uh, Bad is the name of the horse. He's been flagged up in a couple of preview nights this week. He's uh, looks like he's going to be Boodle's bound, but the, the logic is his uh, his English mark looks very favourable in comparison to his French mark. Do you know anything about the horse? As I said, I think he's with Ben Pauling now, and uh, would you have any thoughts on his chances in the Boodle's? He's well handicapped. He's very well handicapped on his French form. Um, so yeah, he'd have every chance, but you you probably would have liked to see more of him over here, over on these shores. But yeah, he does look handicapped, well handicapped based on his French form. Brilliant stuff. Uh, apologies, Keen. I will come on to you now for the triumph hurdle. Um, as I said there to Gary, it's kind of joint fouls at the top and Gallimar saw third foul. Do you have any thoughts on the English form coming into this or, or what's your read on the race as of now? Yeah, I think, I think the English have absolutely no chance in this race. But obviously, it's an interesting market at the moment. I mean, Lassie Mount and Blood Destiny are absolutely locked together on the exchange. 2.92 the pair. You'd like to think whoever Paul Townend picks probably would be the Blood Destiny will go off about a 5-4 to four shot. Um, but I'd be with Dermo, yeah. I think um, I think uh, Gallimar so is the, is the bet in the race. I mean, all the... The talk after the, the Dublin Racing Festival was how unlucky Lassie Mount. No one was talking about how impressive um, Gallimer Sauer was. And I think um, at the prices there, you're getting 11 to 2 Gallimer Sauer to beat Lassie Mount, um, who's a 7 to 4 shot. I think that's a, the price discrepancy between the two is um, is way too much. And I think she uh, she could uh, uphold that form. I think she's she's the value in, in, the, in the race, definitely. Yeah, it's probably hard to see her knocked out of the three, all right. Um, and you know, you're kind of you're almost getting a free roll on the win, on the win part of your bet. So mm. hard to argue with that. Uh, my two cents in the race is, and we we'll leave it at this. I would be absolutely staggered if Paul Townend doesn't ride last month, especially after the way things went at the Dublin Race Festival. I reckon he's going to want to rectify that. Now, whether she's good enough to win, I'm not a hundred percent certain. But I also do remember when she first joined the stable. Uh, they were very uncertain on her base and her homework. If you look at the price she went off first day out, uh, and Danny actually rode her that day, not Paul, I don't think she does a whole lot at home and she does her talking on the track. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see her put her roles at the Dublin Race Festival behind her. And I'm not surprised that the stable have a higher opinion of Blood Destiny based on what they're seeing at home, based on what we heard earlier in the year. But that is just my two cents on the race. Uh, we'll move on now to the Albert Bartlett. It looks like probably the most open and um, novice hurdle of the week like it's it's about six seven to one the field and um, three card brag has been my idea of the winner of this for a good while but i do have wonder if maybe it's a year too early uh how shambly kid is still 20s here is beyond me also and dermo i know you're uh, you're very strongly of that opinion so i'm going to come to you first on the albert Bartlett. you're on mute there fella Apologies, apologies. Once a podcast, it just seems to has to happen. Um, yeah, it, it's a funny one because across the board there does does seem to be shortening now. There's just kind of mostly 12s, 14s around the place. 14s really mostly around the place. But uh, wouldn't be surprised to see a bit bit of a shock to this market. Uh, you know, coming there's 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 been 
I saw um, at the Toad race or at the Toad preview night last night, uh, Findlay was saying that he didn't think that Corbett's Cross was going to run, and that 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 seems to be echoed across a few decent judges across the industry. So it's uh, interesting to see that one. Like if if Corbett's Cross comes out, which I think he will, um, that opens up that race massively. Like we've no idea how good Embassy Gardens is, and then you go, you go down. So. Uh, definitely around now is the time to be playing Chambali Kid. Um, kind of 14s now seems to be the of the prices you can get, let's say 14s seems to be the price. This horse goes off a single figure price, in my opinion. Him and Monty's uh, star do. And uh, I think Chambali Kid takes an awful lot of stopping. But look, if uh, if Monty's star wins as well, we were, we're on him at 50s and Chambali at or yeah, and Chambali at 40. So either of them will do there. Either of them will do, Sister Manola. And I wouldn't mind having those two dockets. In my portfolio at the moment, uh, Keen, I'm going to come to you next on the Albert Bartlett. Uh, hard to have a strong view here, I would say, given the uh, the openness of the race going by the market. But uh, do you have maybe a sneaky one for us, or is there one at the front of the market for you? Yeah, geez, wide open race, Darren. Uh, interesting what Darren was saying there about Corbett's cross not running. I mean, he's um, at the moment he's ten to three and not running all bet, but you can get eight to one in the exchanges. So. Looks like he won't run, so it might be worth uh, getting involved in this market before the prices collapse. Um, the one I would love for this race is Tree Card Bragg. If the ground is soft, he's been crying out for a step up and trip. He relishes um, heavy conditions, really, really good attitude. Um, I thought he was class the last day against Spanish Harlem, really like gave him a good beating. I think if the ground came up soft, he'd, he, he's definitely the winner. But the one I like if the ground was good or good to soft is... Um, Monty Starr, I thought coming into the race in Clonmel, that Hidden Valley Lake, that, that run at Cork, that was the best form line. Um, beating Cool Survivor, um, Monbeg Park, let's be clear about it, that's very good form. And I thought Monty Starr showed a really good attitude to win that day. I think that's one of the best pieces of form in the race. And obviously, uh, Henry de Brom had won this race before with Manila Indo. So I think, um, yeah, if the ground was good to soft, Monty Starr, and if it's soft, um, I give Tree Card Bag a massive chance. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on Three Card Bragg's attitude. That's that's probably the most appealing thing to me about the horse as well. He he really just puts his head down and runs as quickly as he can, um, which isn't especially fast, but he he doesn't stop, and that could be a massive asset in a race like this. Gary, I'm going to come to you lastly of all on the Albert Bartlett, the ten to three in Cheltenham next Friday. Do you have a view on the race? Yeah, not a strong opinion on this one. I'd probably be having a few bob on. We've all been caught just at the prices. Um, we ran a shocker at the Dublin Race Festival. I was trying to see was there any reasoning behind it, but couldn't find much on it. Uh, but prior to that, he was very um, very progressive and his beating of Rock My Way. Probably didn't look great at the time, but it's been well, Frank, since. So um, I can't let him go off at 25 plus. So um, I have a few bob on him each way, but no... No massively strong opinion. Yeah, it's a race that throws up a big price winner, uh, which obviously is not relevant to this year's race. But I think what often happens is the profile of horses who are tend to be bigger prices uh, tends to get overlooked by the market when uh, usually a kind of a hardened, grizzled sort of an animal is what you want. Uh, or certainly that's what the trends suggest. Um, lads, we're going to leave the World Cup to the very, very end. Um, and we're going to skip ahead now to the Mrs. Paddy Power Mare's Chase, where... This does look like a two-horse race again. Uh, we've got Allegory Devassi, who is 13-8-5 with the bookies at the moment, and Impervious, obviously a recent purchase for J.P. McManus. 
at two to one, and it's kind of five to one the field after that. But the, the vast majority of them are pretty big prizes. Keen, I'm going to stick with you for this. Are you going for maybe the classier allegory, Devasi, or the more battle-hardened but more professional impervious, or another selection entirely? Yeah, I think um, allegory Devasi is on a different level to anything in this race, and I think she'll she'll take all the beat. And I just think she's she has that kind of the X factor. She just looks like a machine. She's won her last two races by 19 lengths. I know she was favourite, but even last season she beat Brandy Love um, at Fairy House. I know you can say maybe her jumping isn't isn't brilliant, but it's not terrible at the same time. Um, I just think, yeah, she, she's that kind of classic uh, Willie Mullins horse, get to the front and catch me if you can, really. Um, others at the prices, really, I give Magic Days a, a squeak um, each way. She was very good the last day, beating Dino Blue, who on a form line with Impervious, there's not a huge pile between them. So I tend to want she's uh, good each way, but I think... Allegory Devasi, she's about seven to four shot now. I think she'll be near even money on the day, and I think she'll take all the beating. Yeah, especially depending on the week Willie is having, you could definitely see her going off really, really short come the time. And obviously, she did get a form a form boost there. Uh, it was last week or the week before with the uh, Brides Hill winning a, a listed mares chase down in Thurles pretty easily after being absolutely slapped out of the way by Allegory Devasi with nineteen lengths. As you correctly pointed out, Kian Dermo, I think you have a fairly different opinion on this race. Am I right in saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Impervious wins. Um, I think the I think her style of jumping, as David Mullen said at our preview night, is absolutely fine for somewhere like Carlos Allegory de Vassi. Now I'm talking about, but it's not fine for somewhere like Cheltenham. I, I, I think she'll take off a bit too much. Um, the the Brides Hills win the last day. I don't think that's a form boost for anyone really. I, I think she was. She was struggling for form and just kind of came roaring back. But it's as much of a boost to Impervious as it was Allegory de Vassi because Journey With Me beat Bryce Hill by as far and Impervious beat Journey With Me when she should have been receiving weight, really. But by the terms of that race, she actually gave Journey With Me a pound that day. So it was um, the, two, the top two are very, very good. It's probably not as as, as much of a two-horse race as people think it, is, think it is. But the two of them do just look quite special, really, in terms of this race. I love Magic Days, but I, I don't know about her over two and a half miles. Uh, Jeremy's Flame has looked excellent, but I, I, I think we're looking at two genuine grade one mares here. Um, so I'm just not sure. She's she's up to their staff. Uh, Gallia de Lito, it, it was looking like the Brown Advisory was her plan for a long time, but that, that seems to have gone quiet. So it's it's between the first two. I can see the angle where Allegory de Vassi looks very, very good, um, and she could have any sort of an engine at all. But for me, her jumping is massively concerning. Um, the size of the fences aren't as much of an issue at Cheltenham. I was just off the phone there to Brian Hayes, and he was saying the same thing as me that the the oh, sorry, I'm saying the same thing as him that uh, the size of the fences isn't what would concern you at all with her. I mean, the, the fences in Ireland are really bigger. It's just how quick they can come at you at Cheltenham might catch everything out. But I think that catches Al Gore Vassi out than impervious. Um, I think Magic Days helps her massively in the race, and yeah. I think in purpose, we're on at 14, 16, 1, so obviously we're a little bit biased here, but I don't see any angle where at this juncture, Allegory de Bassi should be favoured over in purpose there. Dermot Nolan using the Royal Wee there to describe a bet that he has had just himself and is, no, is not willing to share with the rest of the group, so we'll, we'll let that one slide. Uh, Gary, we're going to come to you last of all here on the Paddy Power, Mrs. Paddy Power, I should say, Mary's Chase. Uh, do you have a strong view in the first two in the market, or are you looking a bit elsewhere? Um, I've been looking elsewhere, like the first two in the market, they do look classy types, but 
the end of the day, the air novices um, having the first run of offences in Cheltenham. Like, there's a reason why novices don't run in open company races generally most of the time. Um, and just because it's a mare's race, I'd still lend some weight to that argument. Um, like, one I'd be backing that I think she's a wild price is Ellie May. Um, like, she's, she's last year's winner. She's probably... She should be coming here on a hat trick for this race. She was unlucky the year before and wasn't probably Mark Walsh's greatest ever ride uh, when she got beat by Kul Reavy. Interrupted campaign now this season and um, like you have to put a lot of faith in Willie Mullins getting her back, but she should come on a bundle from that running lace behind Magical Deus. Apparently she's working well again and um, like 25 to 1 out there is a bit disrespectful to last year's winner. Um, like She's solid. Um, I can. She should run a race. Like the front two could be special, but price is everything in this game, and that price is just too big. Yeah, no disagreement. They, they could be special, but they're going to have to be. I would say. Uh, so an interesting shout there from um, Gary Connolly, who's uh, picking a horse for the course, uh, as so often proves profitable at the Chatham Festival. Uh, as I said, lads, we're going to leave the Gold Cup to the very, very end. Uh, so I'm going to ask you for any selection you have for the other three races at the Cheltenham Festival on day four, which are the County Hurdle, the Fox Hunters and the Martin Pipe. Dermo, I'll come to you first. Please tell me you have another state man lurking in there somewhere or uh, similar that you can furnish us with. Unfortunately, they really made a bollocks of that, didn't they, when they um, they clamped rightfully down on, on the rules there. So it's uh, it's kind of hard to um, it's hard to find one of them now, unfortunately. I, I personally, as big as he is, in the weights, um, I like William Mullins' two here and not Hunter's Yarn in Sharjah and Winter Fog. I, I, well, they're behind the weights. I'd like to see. I know Patrick will write Sharjah, but it'd be great. Now, if you got someone like Kieran Callan on him, like 155, you took seven off him. Sharjah's all of a sudden down to a mark of 148 running in the county hurdle. As much as he's not as good as he was, it's you know you've seen Willie do this with Arctic Fire and uh, with Brave when close in the county in a Cora Cup before. It's uh, 100% something that they can do. So, Sharjah and Winter Fog in the County Hurdle um, are two I like there. Uh, real real mad choice for me there to go with the two Willie Mullins runners at the Cheltenham Festival. But the, uh, I liked uh, the Capo Glory in the Martin Pipe, but unfortunately he's, he's not running now. Uh, decided to keep his mark for Ireland. So, the one that I'm quite strong on now in the Martin Pipe, um, I put the boat up. It's cool Survivor. I thought ran a huge race behind... Um, Absolute notions and good land that day at the DRF. Um, absolutely huge run, and the horse ahead of him, Trick out bragged for not running. Spanish Harlem, I think that's people putting two, two and two together. Uh, on him, he hasn't looked that good to me now. Imagine looks like he's going for the Coral Cup. So the likes of Cora of Cool Survivor down eight to one or so, I think, is a, a very big price because he'll only be shortening now as we get closer towards the old, the old Jalen Festival. Very good. Yeah, I uh, wouldn't disagree with any of that. I'd be a massive charge advocate in the county hurdle. I think he, uh, I don't think he's regressed just as much as people might have thought he has. And in a handicap, I think his class could just shine through. But we shall see on Friday week if they choose to send in that direction. Uh, Kian, I'll come to you next. I know you're a little bit lukewarm about the handicaps at this stage, but uh, the uh, the county, the Fox Hunters and the Martin Pipe, if you have anything there you'd want to furnish with fire ahead. Yeah, I like one in the county now. Um... I thought Jin Coco for Harry Fry was really well handicapped off 135. We haven't seen him since the November meeting at Cheltenham, where he came second in the grade, but he was actually sent off 4 to 1 favourite that day. 
and he was beaten by I like to move it. Now I like to move it didn't stay two and a half miles the next day, but we saw what he did at Wincanton and he looks like a definitely is a chance in a champion hurl to place. So he's off he gets he gets a mark of one five two and Jin Coco runs off one three five. I think he's he's uh he hasn't ran since then, he's been kept fresh. I think that's a really good uh really good bet. I think he's a well handicapped horse. And also I'd be with Dermo in the Martin Pipe on Cool Survivor. Gordon Elliott's won the race twice with Champagne Classic and Blow by Blow. Um, that run behind Goodland last time out was probably his best run. Was beaten in that good race at Cork. Um, the stairs novice hurled by Hidden Valley Lake. Um, he just looks looks like he has the right profile for the race. And I reckon um, Gordon will have him fully wound up for it. Very valid, yeah. Wouldn't disagree with any of that either. Thank you, Kean And Gary, last but not least... The uh, the three sort of sideshows on the on day four of the Cheltenham Festival, the county, the fox hunters, and the market pipe. Have you got anything for any of those? Um, the county hurdle, Foyley Bay, like is well found in the market, um, but just really like his profile for this race. Uh, second in the Betfair hurdle last time out, probably a bit unlucky. I think racing so far apart from the winner probably done no favours, but I still think there's pl- a bit more scope in that mark he's got. And same race, soul icon, uh, winning machine. Now this one, la- one of his last five, seven of his last eight. Um, it's an English handicap hurdle, so how well in the air, um, you know yourself. But um, I don't think the handicap has quite caught up to him yet. Um, so he could go well for Carl Burke. Uh, the Martin Pipe, uh, I like San Salvador for last year's winning stable. Um, he won on New Year's Eve there at Punchestown, beating Captain Comby. Solid enough yardstick. Um, really liked the, the performance. He just put the race to bed really quick and saw it, it was race well. Um, so I think he'll go well. And the Hunter Chase. Now, Davy Christie has a stranglehold in this race, top three in the betting. If Fern's Lock was to go, now I, I don't think it will, but he's still there in the betting and he's still entered. Uh, I think this could be my bet in the festival. Uh, I think this is an absolute superstar in the Hunter Chase field. Um, he slapped Bill away out the way at Taurus last time. Really impressive turn of foot this horse has now. And He's, he's the best of he's the best of Christie's tree anyway, and he's not the favourite. So if he goes, I think it'd be very hard beat, and I think he's going to win all these hunter chases for the I next just think couple. with um, Fern's lock there, Gary, he's entered a Goran Park this Saturday, so that would kind of suggest that he's probably unlikely to go to Cheltenham. And I think yeah, he did say it. Yeah, he did yeah, say it. He's not, but if for whatever reason he does rock up um, there, but he'll he'll be winning. He'll be winning a Punchestown at uh, the big. The big hunter chase at Pudgerstown, either way, but yeah, not this year, next year, definitely from. Very interesting, yeah. I, I think it's the Tester team and then the uh, the junior hunters chase or whatever it's called. At Stratford is on the agenda for uh, for Ferns Lock, but I, I certainly wouldn't disagree. This is a a division that he could make his own over the next couple of years. Uh, look, lads, we have the biggest race of the week left to cover yet uh, in the shape of the Gold Cup. Uh, Kian, I'm going to come to you first on this. Obviously, we have a potential superstar here in the shape of Gallop and the Champs, but there's a more than able field in behind them. You've got Noble Yates, you've got Conflated, Aplutard, Brave Man's Game, Conflated, Statler, a hoist in your protector. It, like, all of these have a chance. There's a case to be made for all of them. I'd like to hear what you think about the race and if you think I'm talking nonsense. 
yeah, I think we have two potential superstars here, Darren. I think this is the this is the race of the meet and really good gold cup. Um I honestly think I think it's a two horse race between um Gallop and the Champs and Brave Man's Game. I've been with Brave Man's Game all season. I flagged him up on the podcast at twenty five to one before the King George. Um I still think the price is, is, is a massive price. All the vibes coming out of the Nichols camp are extremely positive. I mean, we know Paul Nichols can win gold cups. Look what he's done with Denman and Cato. I think is um, as impressive as Gallopin has been. I just think Brave Man's game has the best staying chase form in the race. Um, he's running the King George at Kempton. I mean, Lampress was second favourite for this race and um, he had him beaten. I mean, all all ends up. I don't think the ride was um, was particularly good. He was kept on the outside. Lampress was jumping out to his left. He lost so many lengths. He didn't get into a good rhythm. And even on the when they turned from home, it was kind of like people were questioning what Brave Man's game would find off the bridle. And um, I th- he was one of the first ones off the bridle, and I thought, geez, he looked beaten. But then he just uh, he stayed and stayed and stayed. And then he got upsides, Lampress, and um, Harry Cobden set up on him again. So I think the further he goes, the better he'll go. The doubts are he's his Cheltenham form. He's, he's only ran there once, and he was third in the Ballymore. But I don't think the track is, is that much of an issue. Um, and I think yeah, at eight to one, he's um, he's the only one for me that can that can put it up to Galloping and beat Galloping. Absolute tired, obviously, on last season's run was was exceptional, but I, the vibes coming out of that camp aren't great. It was obviously pulled up in the Betfred Chase, couldn't have that. Statler, I think he'll run into a place. Think he's a good horse, but I don't think he's the class to beat Braveman's Game or Galloping. Noble Yates too short, conflated, not good enough. Hoisin, you'll probably make the running, but he's just two in and out and um, the rest of them aren't good enough. So yeah, I think it's a straight shootout between Brave Man's Game and Galloping, and I think Brave Man's Game will beat him. 8-1 to one is, a, is a fantastic price. Very strong words there from Keen Kirby. I know that would make Dean Ryan's week if Brave Man's Game was to do the business, as he's predicted many, many times, often to ridicule. Uh, Dermo, I'm going to come to you next. The Gold Cup, do you have a view on this race at this stage? Yeah, look, the race our listeners will be um, sick of me, of hearing me talking about Statler winning the Gold Cup. Um, I think we I need a high senior to to get on with this and then him to be able to pick up off a pace because there was there was no speed in that race last time. That suited Gallop and the Champs wouldn't have suited him. Uh, these gold cups can be often the best two horses in the race. Don't 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 tend to win it. You know, just the year Lord Windermere got up to to win win the race that year. I I don't know. I, I'm still not 100 percent convinced that Brave Man's game will once three miles two and the same thing with Gallop and as much as I do believe they are the best two horses in the race Brave Man's game performance in the King George was an, an, an amazing performance and King Kirby was nailed it as far as pricing is concerned but I do see a situation where this gets this gets dirty enough late on and you know the likes of a Staffler stays on and keeps going um, I can see him winning a gold cup but look um, our listeners are here here to listen to Gary and Keen, so they don't need to listen to me going about Staffler anymore there <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, listen, uh, as you, you're not incorrect in saying a, a slogger does often win this race, but uh, as for Lord Windermere, we won't mention the war. Uh, Gary, I've got to come to you last of all. Uh, the, gold, the, the Cheltenham Gold Cup, as I said, biggest race of the year uh, on, the, on the National Hunt calendar. Do you have a view on the race at this stage? Are you with the front two in the market or are you looking at sir? Um most likeliest winner, I think, is Galloping the Shams, but the the price is just ridiculous. So, like, I can't even entertain it. Uh, picking up a keen saying, like, Brave Man's Game is the wrong price. They should be a lot closer in the betting than they are. Um, but, like, just for a bit of value, I, I wouldn't have a, a strong opinion either way. Um, 
but I'd be back in Capadano and Conflated probably each way. I think Conflated would be hard to keep out of places and Capadano should come on a lot from his Goran uh, reappearance, just like the horse. Um, he has to come on it a fair bit to to get near the top two on the betting, but it's probably more a watch and breathe for me. Um, just looking forward to the race. It's going to be a cracker, but you just can't be a backer at Gallop in the Champs. What he, what he has shown and what price he is, it just doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, it should be a cracking race. Yeah, very valid. Um, I, you know, as much known as the market is probably dominated by Gallop and Deschamps, in my view, it is. It's much more open than that. And I wouldn't be shocked if any one of five or six horses were to actually go and win the race. Lads, I'm going to push each of the three years for a nap, uh, either from day or three or four, or, or, for, or for the entire week. You can include day one or two. It's up to yourself. Um, Gary, I'm going to stick with you for this. Your, your nap for the week, Cheltenham, please. Um, nap for the week I'd probably go with uh, shoot first in the pretemps shoot first in the pretemps big call Dermot I'll come to you next uh, Shambali Kid in the Albert Bartlett Shambali Kid in the Albert Bartlett Jet Race our listeners will be more than familiar with that particular shout and Keen Kirby your nap of the week for Cheltenham please yeah I've obviously spoke strongly about Brave Man's game there but I'll put up um, Jerry Klam for the Brown Advisory I think he's an absolute certainty I think he's a yeah. he's a I'll super boy, yeah. that's what I love to hear absolutely cannot get beat cannot get beat uh, great stuff right <laughs> uh, yeah he, well, he would be at this point I think 7-4 to four. I think there's a very strong possibility Darren, that you jumped in as host today again Darren but you're you're one of the better judges out there well it's reach way better than we oh Jesus uh, you're after catching me on the hop here uh, I wouldn't put anyone off uh, Sham Valley Kid in the Albert Bartlett to tell you the truth but um, tough tough in terms of an each way but I haven't really dug down in, in, that deep into he's a drama. Price, to be fair. Yeah. yeah he is an each way price but I, I, I think Jerry Clam if you're having one bet of the week still 7 to 4 yeah. still 7 to 4 available I can see this horse coming off 11 to 10 uh, very very easily um, so fingers crossed that happens and fingers crossed he goes and does the business and with that this week's show has come to an end we will be back at some point this week uh, to review both this weekend's action and have another look at chatting maybe so with that we will leave you where we are again thank you very much to bookmakers.com and to the tote.co.uk home of the million pound play spot each day at the Sheldon Festival. I think you're absolutely mental if you don't get involved in that particular offer because there's so much valuable to be left on the table there. But anyway, we'll leave you where we are for now. Uh, gamble responsibly and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.